Live from Utrecht. This is the Van Williams Shores Nado. Hello, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Shores. Happy all-time high again. Indeed, even against gold, I heard. We are at an all-time high in gold now. That's what I hear. What does that mean? You mean... Oh, it just means the number of grams of gold that you can buy for one Bitcoin is now higher than ever. Sure, of course, that's what it means. Yeah, we don't know the market cap of gold, though. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. How much How much longer until we reach the market cap of gold? Approximately. Is it like 10x or something? Could be, but we don't really don't know the market cap of gold because we don't know how much gold there is. Also true. And, you know, there's these asteroids. Out there. Sure, we haven't made an episode on lightning yet. We have not. We have mentioned it a few times. Yeah, so I think it's time to make an episode on lightning. Cool. The lightning network. Now, the the lightning network has all sorts of complexities and cool new futures and improvements and all sorts of complex stuff. But today we're going to start with the basic episode on the lightning network. That's right. Just the lightning network. What is it? How does it work? All right. Okay, so first of all, I think the problem why the reason that the lightning network was invented is pretty evident right now. The main reason, sure, is because fees tend to get high sometimes. That's right. Yeah, I basically, you know, if you can't make blocks bigger, then how are you going to squeeze more transactions in the same amount of time? And that's what Lightning tries to solve. Yeah, it's a it's a layer two solution for Bitcoin, for smaller payments, I guess, faster payments as well, instant yep. confirmations, and also more privacy as a bonus. Hopefully, yes. At least it's it's a very different privacy model because we, you know, you never know what the long term problems are going to be with privacy. At least it it doesn't show the transactions you're making don't show up on a blockchain. Yeah, potentially b- better privacy. I think so, so. Okay, so the first, the, I think the main important, the main thing about the Lightning Network and the first thing we're going to tackle are Lightning channels, payment channels. Yeah, payment channels. Payment channels. Yeah, we'll explain how the Lightning Network comes out of payment channels. But a, a payment channel, the idea is just you have, you take two people and you take coins from both of you or from one side and you put it in a, essentially a multi-signature address which means that both parties need to sign in order to get it out. Mm-hmm. And then you start basically reassigning the amount on each side as you go. And there's very different ways of doing that. Yeah, you you basically both have a ban- balance in this channel and you keep track of the balance. Mm-hmm. So let's say Shors and I, we both put one Bitcoin into a channel. Now we have a channel of two Bitcoin. Maybe a little bit less. I'm just using round amounts because it's easy. Yeah. But maybe... Yeah, yeah, let's put one Bitcoin in the channel. Two Bitcoin. Yeah. Okay, now I'm paying Shores 0.1 Bitcoin. That means that on in the channel, I now have 0.9 Bitcoin and Shores has 1.1 Bitcoin. Exactly. But this is basically something Shores and I know, but the rest of the world doesn't know. The multi-sig address, the Bitcoin address still just has two Bitcoin in them. Okay, so now the balance... The balance between us in our channel is I have 0.9, you have 1.1 Bitcoin. Now you can pay me again. So let's say you want to pay me 0.2 Bitcoin. Now the new balance is I have 1.1, you have Mm 0.9. You can pay me again. This time, let's say you pay me 0.1 again. So now your balance is 0.8, my balance is 1.2. We can keep going on and we can keep updating the balance. Essentially, we keep paying each other. But the rest of the world never actually knows any of this. Now, at the end of all of this, we know our balances. 
so let's say the last balance was or was it 0.8 versus 1.2 we both know this we create a new transaction from the original transaction where we both sent one bitcoin to the channel that's from that transaction that's the only transaction the rest of the world knows about from that transaction we now cooperate on a new transaction that sends me 1.2 and you shores 0 0.8 mm -hmm. this is this transaction we broadcast to the network so at this point the whole world saw two transactions one, one transaction going into the multi-sig address one transaction going out of the multi-sig address exactly while actually we may have done 10 or 100 or a thousand transactions so that's how we're saving on block space yeah but of course there's a problem here because we've actually been making these transactions all along right we've been making transactions out of the multi-sig since the beginning and we kept making a new transaction to reflect a different balance but the outside world does not know what the most recent one is or maybe they do know but the blockchain doesn't care about it because all these transactions are valid yeah so what do we what do we do about that the question is why don't you cheat at what, once the balance between us the, the last balance was 1.2 for me 0 0.8 for shores why doesn't shores at any point just claim this 1.1 that we started with after the first transaction we made between us, why doesn't Shors just claim 1.1 even though he should only be able to claim 0 0.8? Exactly, or even there might have been another more favorable state somewhere in this exchange mm -hmm. that I still have the transaction for. So that's a problem, and I believe Satoshi originally roughly thought about just give every transaction a sequence number, so the highest sequence number goes first. But the blockchain wasn't really able to enforce that yeah so satoshi's idea was okay let's say yeah let's say the first transaction has sequence number one and the second transaction where we move coins has sequence number two and so at the end you know we have sequence number 15 and the idea would have been okay if you broadcast sequence number five but i broadcast sequence number 15 then number 15 is going to win yeah that, but that was the idea but there was nothing that would in the protocol that would force that to happen Right. In the end, miners still decide which transaction they put into a block. So if they can choose between transactions with different version numbers, you know, they might include the last version number or they might not. It's up to them in the and, end. And it could be a very short time, right? Because we talked about the mempool in an earlier episode, this place where transactions fly around before they go into a block. And so, yeah, I might suddenly broadcast this, this number five transaction and it's going to be in the mempool for a while. And then it's going to be in a block and it's too late because the transaction can't be double spent once it's in a block. So you would have to broadcast number 15 very, very quickly when you see it in a mempool. And that's, of course, quite dangerous because that might just be a matter of minutes or seconds. Right. Okay. So summarizing a payment channel or a lightning channel is like a multi-sig address, in this case between Shorts and me. We send our coins to that address. Then we create new transactions from that address, sending coins from that address. And in these new transactions, the balances are different. We don't broadcast these transactions to the network, except the last one, ideally. We only broadcast the last transaction to the network, which pays us both what we should be able to get from the channel. Yeah. But from Bitcoin's point of view, all these transactions are the same from the blockchain's point of view. Right. They're all the same. They might have a different sequence number or something like, as we discussed. Right. But that doesn't really matter. So we need a way to actually enforce this. Yes. And that's what Lightning Channel 
channels are. That's what the Lightning. That w- that's the big innovation of the Lightning Network. I would say. I would say that's one of the two big innovations of the Lightning Network. Yeah. Okay. So how do we enforce this? We add some punishments, and basically, the punishment is kind of tricky to explain. But the idea here is that when we create a new version, so we we, we were at fifteen, we're going to make number sixteen. This transaction actually has two two paths, right? So scripts can have multiple paths, can have an if and else in it, for example. Mm-hmm. And one path is the happy path, where indeed the money just goes to you and me the way we agreed. Mm-hmm. The other is the unhappy path, which says that if I release an earlier version of this thing, so if I release number 15, then you're going to get all the money. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, you're simplifying a bit now. A lot. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but but the idea there is in every transaction, actually, you're already doing this, right? So in our, we can start all the way at the beginning. So the first transaction that goes out of the multisig has already has these two conditions, basically one one where you're you're actually getting it back the way you're expected, and the other is saying, well, if you know this this punishment secret, you can take all the money. So it doesn't contain the punishment secret, but it says, if you know the punishment secret, you can get all the money. Yeah. And then the second transaction refers to the first one and says, well, here's the punishment secret for the first transaction. So now, if somebody broadcasts this first transaction, well, you know the punishment secret, so you can actually take all the money from me. Yeah. To clarify, we both have different transactions, don't we? And different punishments, so to say. Yes. So either of us, at any point can broadcast any channel state, essentially. And then we immediately give our counterparty what they should get from that from the payment channel. Our own funds from the payment, payment channel, we're getting it as well, but we have to wait. And during this wait, the other person, the counterparty, can use a secret to claim the rest of the money if he has that secret. Yeah, so Lightning tends to use two transactions for every time you update. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So one transaction is, from my point of view, indeed, you're getting your money immediately. I'm getting my money with the delay. And you're having the exact opposite transaction where I get my money immediately and you get it with the delay. Yeah. And then the idea is that this delay, while the transaction is sitting there, either of us can see that old transaction. And if we see that, hey, that's an old state, well, we have this punishment secret. So we can actually take all the money immediately while you're waiting. And we have the punishment secret because it's an older state that was broadcasted. We only have that for the older states. Yeah, when when we create a new state, a new state in the channel, we kind of exchange a couple of things. We exchange those two new transactions and we exchange the punishment secrets. And it all has to go sort of in the right sequence and making sure that we know that we, we both have the new version. Yeah. So if the latest channel state is broadcast in that case so let's say i broadcast the latest channel state in that case you sure get your money immediately and i will definitely get my money as well because you don't have that secret because it's the latest channel state yeah i do have to wait a little while it's a little bit of a pain but i will get the money for sure yeah and the nice thing is there that if we are both online and we both agree to close the channel we can create a new final state which does not involve any waiting. Yeah, because if I broadcast my channel, then I am guaranteed to get my money. 
So, and you know that, sure. You know that I'll get my money anyways. So you might as well just cooperate and help me get my money immediately and get you your money immediately and just have it all finished without any more hassle. Exactly. So that's the idea of a payment channel. Yep, sounds simple, right? That covers it, right? Well, that yeah, so that covers one amazing aspect of of Lightning. And the second amazing aspect of Lightning is that you can combine multiple channels. Yeah, so if, sure, you and I, if we want to pay each other very often, then one payment channel is enough. But you do need a payment channel in order to pay someone. So the Lightning Network has this alternative solution, this added solution, where we can pay other people through other people, so to say. Exactly. So if if you go to a supermarket and you pay that supermarket, you could open a channel to it. But now let's say I have a channel open with you and I go to that supermarket. Now I don't have to open a channel to the supermarket. I'm just going to pay you and you're going to pay the supermarket. Yeah. And again, we have this gimmickry with the right penalties, etc., to make sure that you know you don't steal my money when I'm paying the supermarket. Yeah, and the idea with this, this this is what makes a lighting network a network. You've got this six degrees of separation idea that within a few steps, you should be able to pay everyone because there's always a few steps to get to anyone through a couple of other people. Yes, exactly. But yeah, you mentioned, okay, so there's the, this is the next challenge. So you're paying the supermarket. Now you want to make sure that I'm not going to keep the money. You want to make a p- payment to the supermarket, so you pay me, and then I'm supposed to pay the supermarket, but you don't want to have to trust me to actually pay the supermarket once you've paid me. Also, perhaps the supermarket is being dishonest, and they'll just claim they've never been paid, even though they have been paid by me, So, and now you don't know who's lying. It's either me or the supermarket. So somehow we need to make sure that if you pay me, then I'd also definitely also pay the supermarket. Yeah. And so the way that works, and it's always very confusing, so I'll try to explain it, mm-hmm. is the supermarket who is showing me an invoice. Now, that invoice contains not a secret, but a hash of a secret. And I I take the hash of that secret, and I create a transaction to you, and a transaction from you to the supermarket. And then I say, I might actually not make the second transaction. You might make that second transaction yourself. I think so. Yeah. But basically what that transaction says is that if you can give me the secret, I'll give you the money. Mm -hmm. So now I have a transaction that says to you, if you give me the secret, I give you the money. And you have a transaction with the supermarket that says, if you give me the secret, I'll give you the money. Yeah. To be clear, this is all cryptographically enforced. Yes. And then what the supermarket does is it releases the secret to you. So you're happy. And then you give the secret to me, and then the whole chain is complete, and we've paid. Yeah, essentially, the supermarket is giving me the secrets by producing another transaction that's, again, unconfirmed. It's it's part of the whole transaction we just described just a minute ago. It's even more... It's <laughs> it's, it's more complicated. Yeah, it's, exactly. That's, this is where both of us get really confused. The, the concept is called the HDLC, the Hash Time Lock Contract. So if, you know, I've just crafted these transactions that give you the money if I get the secret, but it's not just that, if I get the secret within a reasonable amount of time. And if I don't get the secret within a reasonable amount of time, then the whole thing expires. And I guess once that secret has been revealed, we update the balances and 
all the channels have the new balances, right? Because I've moved 0.1 Bitcoin to you and you've moved 0.1 Bitcoin to the supermarket. So all those channels have updated and we live in a glorious future. Yeah, this is another one of these examples where it's kind of complex, but then once the complexity works, you can sort of shift to a less complex version because we both know we're both guaranteed to get the money. Just like before, when when we wanted to close the channel, we don't actually have to broadcast this thing where one of us is to wait, or we can just skip that because we both know that for sure we'll get the money so we can just make it easier. And it's sort of the same thing with this HTLCs where it's a little bit more complex to guarantee that no one's going to be cheated. But once we have that guarantee, we can switch to a more simpler version of the channel state. I, I think so, yeah. But basically, the you know, the lightning standard is fairly complicated, but you can study it and eventually understand it. And there's different pieces of software that implement it. But there are, you know, there's edge cases you need to think about, there's complexities around fees, etc. But the good news is, you know, there's applications and nodes that take care of it. So you don't Yeah, have, you don't have to do any of this. <laughs> no, but you do, as we talked about in the importance of open source, you do have to make sure there are people who are critically looking at this stuff and finding bugs, because people find bugs. Sure. You know, they they did find bugs quite you know, I think half a year ago or something, or some pretty bad ones where you could just grab money. So So if if listeners are still listening, do you think they now understand how the Lightning Network works? No, but <laughs> the, the thing about Lightning is you need to hear at least three or four different explanations by different people. And so we're contributing to that. Yeah, we'll put my Bitcoin Magazine Lightning Explainer article series in the show notes. Yeah. These help, these help me when I want to remember how the Lightning Network works. I just read my own articles. That's a good one. It sometimes yeah, there's, helps. There's a bunch of people who, uh, who do uh, good explainers of these things. Yeah, a couple of caveats we can probably briefly mention. We mentioned channels. So the question is, you know, who do you open a channel to? That's something you can think about. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is that when I've paid you, you know, one Bitcoin, now I can't pay you any more because all the money is now on your side of the channel. Yeah, we, we start with the example of one each, so a channel with two in total, and then if you pay me a lot more than I pay you, then at some point both Bitcoins are going to be sitting at my side of the channel, so now you can't pay me any more Bitcoin. Right, and there's, there's various magic proposals out there, and I think actual implementations that would help you move that money back with an on-chain transaction so the money is on one side of the channel again. Mm-hmm. And again, this is the sort of stuff ideally your software automates for you so you don't have to worry about it. You know, it sounds complicated, but then I would recommend that you read up on exactly how credit cards processing works and how the Swift payment system works. And you may discover that, you know, that's probably more complicated. Okay, so let's say people want to use Lightning Shorts. What do they do? What do you recommend? Yeah, so it kind of depends on your skill level and your enthusiasm. I would say on the very user-friendly app side, if you want to try it on mobile, consider Breeze for iOS or Phoenix for Android. Mm -hmm. Those wallets really try to just show you a number that's your Bitcoin, and then you scan something and you hit pay, and it pays. Right. And under the hood, it does a whole bunch of magic. But it still has the keys are on your phone, and there's actually sort of a node running on your phone, although the node uses 
uses filters and it it uses the server for some things and you know so there there are some trade-offs there but i think it's pretty good so it's not a custodial solution basically but it's sort of pushing towards that in some trade-offs then on the other extreme if you don't mind using linux you can install c lightning you install bitcoin core and then you install c lightning and then you can really man- manually open your channels and manage all that stuff lnd is another implementation that you can also just install. It comes with a desktop support in the form of Zap, I think, among other applications. So you can have a graphical interface, but still manually control your channels. But it also has some magic autopilot stuff. So it's kind of in between there. Yeah, I mean, have fun. I've been using Eclair. Yeah, so Eclair is by the same company that made Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And it, it is actually, it runs on your Android phone. And it is a full Lightning node, but it's not a full Bitcoin node. It is a lightweight Bitcoin node. Yeah. It uses Electrum servers. But other than that, it's a full Lightning node and it works great. It works. So, yeah. Lots of things you can do. Yeah. And as mentioned, there's lots more complexities and interesting new features and improvements and all these kinds of things. But we're not going to touch on any of these now. No. And I think another thing to bear in mind is that I mean, it'd be nice if there was a simplest solution, but, you know, the universe just puts a certain constraint on what is possible. Like, if if we decide that... Damn we, universe. We, you know, we want to be able to verify everything that's happening on Bitcoin because we don't want people to cheat. We don't want to trust people. So we have to be able to verify all these blocks so the blocks can't be a lot bigger than they are, at least not in the short run. And then what's the next solution that does not involve handing your keys to somebody else? It looks like that's probably lightning. There's, 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 I haven't seen anything that's simpler, although we're going to talk about some other concept next week, perhaps. So. I keep reading on like Bitcoin Cash websites that lightning doesn't work. Uh, yeah, well, I feel really sorry for them. I don't, uh, I don't understand why, because it's working fine, as far as I can tell. I think so, too. I use it all the time. Uh, there's an interesting stat on a site that I work on called forkmonitor.com. Info. It's also by it's by Bitmax Research, but I work on it, and it has a tab called Lightning, and what it shows you is the justice transactions, and so there have been right. So these are the transactions. If someone tries to cheat, they have to wait, and in that during that waiting time, you can claim all the funds. Exactly, and and this is called justice transaction. Although it could also be you know, oops, I screwed up my backup transaction. Um, yeah, and sometimes but, it's also called a penalty transaction. Yeah. Or that's what it was used to call then. I mean, people call it different things. Yeah. But anyway, there's only been 300 in the history of Lightning, and they're all tiny. So but that, what that tells me... So that means there's either not a lot of cheating going on, cheating attempts, or they aren't caught if they happen. I, so there, there is quite a bit of money in Lightning channels. We don't know the full amount because a lot of Lightning channels are private, so you can't see it, but there is significant, you know significant amounts of money in lightning that might be worth stealing yet doesn't look like that's happened at least it hasn't happened through this cheating approach you know somebody might hack your node and and just take all the money without cheating from a lightning point of view but but i think that's a sign that it is working but of course you could also say well lightning only launched in you know 2017 the end of 2017 so maybe everybody's still very kumbaya. That's that's three years of kumbaya, maybe. Maybe it'll completely collapse. But so far, people are making channels. People are making payments. 
Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. So I'm sure we'll come back to this topic uh, some other time. I think so too. Thank you for listening to the Van Weirdem Shores NATO. There you go.